Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All options are open, Grant and Danny. All options are open. Uh, yeah, we're just going through that process. We're just meeting all the prospects for the first time this week. So that's been a really it's it's been a really cool part of this week. That's the best part of this week really for us is getting a chance to meet them for the first time face to face and then that'll be the first time of many for a lot of these young men and um so that's that's way down the road. We probably won't make that decision for a while, but we're uh we're exploring all options and and then make sure we like I think I keep saying this, but it's going to be the best decision for the organization. That was Adam Peters on this show on Wednesday calling us Grant and Danny, not Grant and Dave, Grant and Danny. A major upgrade over the previous regime. Tells you a lot about the general manager when he can get names right. I'll bet you he would even have called Kirk Cousins Kirk and not Kurt. Grant and Dave. Wait, wait, so (laughs) that was what our show was called back in 2014 or whatever year that was. Oh, man. Grant and Dave. Now we're just... We're just Grant and Danny, I guess. Grant and Danny. Just the name of the show is interesting to be able to use it. (laughs) So according to Bruce Allen, the show is called... Grant and Dave. But Adam Peters, who hasn't known us and been in the market listening for a lot of years, knows us as... Grant and Danny. Very interesting. Pam. Grant and Dave. Grant and Danny. Is that... In no way is that indicative of competence, right? Like, well, in no way. you know, like, each little thing is the thing, is my point. And that doesn't mean you're, he's going to pick the right guy or not the right guy or the quarterback's going to be good or bad. But it's nice. It's, isn't, it nice? isn't it nice just to have that? Do you believe him saying, we heard the cut on the way in, that all options in terms of quarterback are on the table, uh, that they are not dead set on taking one at two, that they might trade up, that they might trade back, that they might go get a veteran? Do you believe that? This is probably a more complicated answer than you want. Technically, yes. In other words, if an offer comes in that's so stupid that it would be irresponsible not to take, they'll still take it. So, if I, so if, in other words, I don't think that's their plan. I think realistically they're going to stay there at number two and take a quarterback. However, if something happens between now and then, that's, as I said, irresponsible to not take this offer like the Ricky Williams offer squared or something insane and outrageous and it would make no sense, they're not going to be hamstrung and tied to that. I think they'll be open to those options. I do think trading back is a possibility, by the way, just just for the record. a Probably a, a more distinct possibility than, than, than maybe even you do. 
I don't think it's winning in a tug of war. I think it's easily the majority is they're going to stay at two, take a quarterback, and this is you know overly complicated for no reason. But I do think that trading back is on the board. And I wonder what percentage it is. I don't have a great feel for that yet, but I do think it's a possibility for that. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's why I brought it up. That That's why we, we're going to talk about this. I do think it's an option because Adam Peters comes from an organization where they have an incredible roster around a final pick in the draft, seventh-round quarterback that just played in the Super Bowl. Does that rub off on you? Does that change the way you view things philosophically? I mean, how could it not? I want them to take a quarterback at two. I want them to fall in love with Daniels or May or whoever. But what if they really like McCarthy and they think they could get him at seven or eight? Or they really like Bo Nix or, or Michael Penix or whoever else? You know, maybe they, they think, you know, we actually could get Sam Hartman or uh, Spencer Rattler in the second round at 36 or 40. Or in the, in, you know, Hartman's case, you could probably get him two rounds after right. that. But. We just we don't know who they're going to fall in love with, and it, it is possible. There's a lot of ways they could go with this. So I'm going to separate for a second the fact that I don't want them to trade back. I don't want anyone to think that this segment is me advocating for it. But I don't think what I think, or Danny, what you think in this case, because it sounds like you're against the trade back as well. Yeah. Yay, I, I, well, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm vehemently against it. I, I would have to be wowed. My my biggest takeaway. Well, no is, kidding. You'd have to be wow. Well, yeah, but I but you know some people are going. I don't care what the, what's offered. I I need a quarterback. To me, the most important thing, and I, I think I know where the quarterback is going to be. But if they decide it's somewhere else, AK, but still in this draft, I need the draft to end, and then there's a press conference with all the right people, and ladies and gentlemen, the franchise quarterback, and it's a it's a dude that they drafted. I need that exactly how that happens. I don't care as much. I would. I have. I but think but so how I big do, of the gap for you is your excitement level for Jaden Daniels as opposed to? I know you can't stand McCarthy, so I won't say him. <laughs> but like, right? I get it. But him Penix or, or Nick. So it, here, here is where I come from on this. Uh, to 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 answer, answer the question again, probably more complicated than you want. If anyone knew anything, and this was an exact science, we should treat it that way. It's a fallacy to treat it like an exact. It's an exact science because it's not. You see the numbers from Ben Standing. You see the year of a year where, where Wilson's can't miss and Lance's can't miss and another guy is is outstanding and, and so few hit. We treat it like it's this binary thing where this guy's an evaluated 7.7, therefore he should go exactly fifth in the draft. Guys, nobody knows. So taking one high is important to me because you know it's it's the bet your best shot at it, but it's also not crazy. Well, let me let me try to rephrase that part. It's crazy to go like, let's try it in the sixth round and see what happens. Enjoy your you know your Gabron Hamdens and, and Jordan Palmers. That's a waste of time. But still in the first round, still pretty high if you're still in the top ten or otherwise, and you've got the eyes for one guy over another guy. I say go for it. And if it doesn't work, you do it again in a couple of years. If for me, Jaden Daniels to use him, fifty touchdowns against the four picks in the SEC. The film that he put out there, the electricity to his game, it's just a head and shoulders difference with some of the other guys. You know, the guy that I like at 2 May, to, to have the, the 79 big-time throws and just a barely over 2% turnover-worthy play percentage in his career. Like it, it, The gap for a 6'5", 235-pound quarterback between him and, you know, smaller guys and, or – you know, injury history guys or old guys. You know, Penix checks a couple of those boxes. It is a massive difference in terms of quality of prospect. 
So that's where I would be frustrated more than anything. But I think we should separate that for a second and just get into the idea of a possible trade back. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned the standing numbers for people that weren't listening last segment. He cited that there have been 17 quarterbacks taken since the 2014 draft, and he said only Burrow and Stroud one season last year have met or exceeded expectations, not including guys who have played well but maybe haven't met the expectation. That's Lawrence, Tua, and Kyler Murray. I'd add Jared Goff in there who's been to a couple conference title games and played in the Super Bowl. So that's a total of six, one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks out of 17 that you would say you got pretty quality production out of in the top five over the last nine drafts, meaning you're batting about 333. So like maybe one of these three guys ends up being really good. Are you sure that it's not Williams who goes ahead of you or whoever you don't pick who goes behind you? He then points out Bryce Young from last year, everybody's favorite. Yeah, he was mine. What a dreadful season he had in Carolina. We don't know how much of that is that he can't play versus the situation in Carolina was horrendous. Uh, Anthony Richardson was taken. And I don't think anybody's ready to give up on him. They certainly shouldn't be. Electric talent. But he got hurt. You know, top five pick. And mm -hmm. the, the guy that they signed off the scrap heap that came in, their offense in a lot of ways from a passing standpoint, took flight, and they ended up playing at a pretty high level. You know, I think the jury's still out on Young and Richardson. But he points to just the number two pick overall and the jury having returned on the conclusions for Mitch Trubisky in 2017, Marcus Mariota 2015, Robert Griffin 2012. You know, these were number two overall picks that on the day of the draft most people were really, really excited about. So you can do this where you just point out all of the guys that didn't hit and that's the, the there's a monster under the bed theory, kind of is what I call it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the, the more effective way to look at picking a quarterback too is batting average. You know, how often does it work in the top five? We're saying one third of the time ish, about 33% of the time over the last decade compared to late in the first round. I'll bet you the percentage is lower. Second round, third round, I'll bet you the percentage is lower. So that's how I view it is more like how often are you right, not. Mm -hmm. How many times did it not go well? Because no matter where you draft, that's going to be the case. It's sure. still more likely to get it right up top. But maybe the biggest point in all of this and the biggest key to all of this is what you could get. There is an argument. It's not one that you or I necessarily subscribe to, but that more important than just landing a good quarterback at number two might be all of the other parts of your roster that can be affected and improved with a trade back if – you still end up getting a quality quarterback somehow, some way. So the Falcons have the, I believe it's the eighth pick. Standig asked around, and here is what he heard Atlanta might give up. It's based somewhat on the Washington trade-up to get Robert Griffin from 6-2 to two back in the day. He says that the Commanders could get an allotment of picks that would lead to them having for two first-round picks next year and two in 2026, so two future ones. That would give them another second-rounder this year, another um, second-rounder in 2025 potentially. Third-round picks, you'd have two in 24, two in 25, uh, one in 26, and then you'd have 10 2024 picks, including four in the first two rounds. You'd still make a first-round pick at eight, moving back six spots. It is potentially, I'd say, accurate to say they could still get J.J. McCarthy right there, mm -hmm. or you could overdraft one of the other quarterbacks that you like. 
You could take a left tackle. You could take Brock Bowers, maybe. You could take one of the really good wide receivers. The problem is, you know, there, there's now all these mocks where McCarthy goes four, and so four quarterbacks could be gone before the sixth pick. Well, the Giants probably aren't trading with Washington to give them their quarterback in the division at six. The Titans at seven are an option. Falcons at eight are very much in the mix. Mm-hmm. Vikings at 11. Broncos at 12. Raiders at 13. So you probably, if you, if you trade back beyond like seven, eight, now you're risking missing out on QB. But what a haul you're talking about getting that resets the whole org. You're just still in a quarterback search mode that you've been in forever. Yeah, that, that we're all used to. Now, they don't have that baggage. We do. I, I mean, to me, the, the only thing I ask in, in these proceedings is a plan. Rivera did not have one. I will, I, I, I will never, ever believe that that guy thought about it for a microsecond beyond what he was doing that week. You know what I mean? The the the, the wind would blow in the, the new direction, and we'll, we'll start calling teams, asking to trade for that quarterback, and then we'll go to Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatever the hell it was. It was just to, to check a box, then go on to the next thing. If they did something like that, GP, where they were going, for the sake of argument, we don't love the top three guys. And by the way, I, I hate that phraseology. That's when Ron Rivera didn't love any of the guys. You still should try to pick one at some point. Someone needs to pick a quarterback. Anyway. But, like, they're going, okay, we know where we'll get one. You guys don't yet, but we do. You see what I'm saying? Like, there there has to be a really sharp, thoughtful, multi-layered, three-dimensional chess plan to add this hall, add your you know, your best left tackle. Maybe it's uh, the kid from Penn State. Then you're going to, you know, have, have an extra first-round pick where you pick up, um, or, you know, a couple second-rounders where you're then getting but this skill But there's no guy, way to know that of, they'll still get their quarterback. They, they, they need to. And to execute something like that, they would have to have a really good idea of where that guy's coming from. I yeah. don't see it. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. wouldn't have the huevos to do that. I'd go, I know where I get my quarterback, the number two pick. Right. That's easy for me to do. I'll write yeah, down like, the name. I think you could – let's say they really like J.J. McCarthy. Just I'm just throwing a name out there. And they move back to eight, and they're confident they could get him there. That might not even be the case anymore, right. as crazy as that sounds. It's not crazy. because I, I think it's going to happen, in fact. Standing in this piece has a – high-ranking executive in a front office in the league saying he thinks that McCarthy could be in the mix at two and three. He could definitely go four. There are people that now think the first four picks are quarterbacks. If it's Penix or Knicks, then you could definitely get those guys at eight, I would guess, as an overdraft. What about the possibility, though? So your point is you're fine with the trade back if they still draft the QB early, like in round one, right? Yeah, I I, I need the, – the way I, try, I tried to phrase it is, it may not be what I would do, but that doesn't matter about what I would do. I need, at the end of this draft, they go, this is the guy that has all the, the keys to the kingdom. This is our franchise quarterback. And they'll try right. it, and if it doesn't work, we'll do it again in, in three years. I'm, well, that's all I care about. So Peters was on the show Wednesday. I asked him about the possibility of a veteran. You know, the trade-back scenario where they go out and actually spend money on a veteran. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I think you always look for, for any option to make your make each room better, make your team better. So if you can bring a veteran quarterback in there to make that room stronger, to bring in more competition, to bring in um, more veteran presence, I, I referred to this earlier today, but um, in, in San Francisco a couple of years ago, we we lost Trey Lance, we lost Jimmy Garoppolo, then we lost Brock Purdy, and then we lost Josh Johnson, and we had a quarterback who couldn't throw. Uh, in the NFC Championship game, so so you're always gonna, you know, you, you always got to be prepared to need need all those guys. Hopefully, you never do, but 
uh, along with the quarterback position, any other position, uh, you really want to make those rooms as strong as you can and as deep as you can. It sounded to me like he almost thought I meant just depth, mm-hmm. like bringing in a veteran in the room, more so than a potential starter. That's how I took his answer. Having said that, in this piece, Standig says, listen, you're going to think this sounds crazy, but it's really not. He says, what about if they traded back, didn't take a quarterback at all, signed Kirk Cousins, who's the top free agent quarterback available, for two years, you give him $40 million, fully guaranteed each of the next two seasons, you could add a couple voidable years if you wanted to to knock down the cap number, although with their cap space, I don't think you need to do that. He is... <clears throat> your starting quarterback this year, probably next year, if you draft a quarterback at 36 or 40, if Knicks or Penix falls, great. Then you have his replacement possibly for the 2026 season on your roster who you stash for a couple of years. But he also floated the idea of taking Cousins, having him for the two years, kicking the can down the road, and then you just build around him and compete sooner. You, you've got a top half of the league, you know, top 10, 12, 13, whatever you want to call him, quarterback in the NFL. And then you go get Roma Dunze out of Washington, who's an electric wide receiver, or Malik Neighbors maybe, you know, in the middle of the top 10, wherever you trade back to. You go get Darius Robinson in edge. And you come out of this thing with your trade haul looking something like a Dunze, uh, Darius Robinson is the edge. Arizona tackle Jordan Morgan, Texas tight end Jatavion Sanders, all in the first couple rounds around Kirk Cousins. And now you traded back. You didn't get a young quarterback, but you've upgraded at QB, and you've loaded up with a bunch of young supporting cast. That's the get-good-quick plan. I mean, that's what yeah. that is, right? That, that's, that's your the, fast track. You might be able to make the playoffs as a wild card this season plan. Yeah, that's your, that's your exp- express plan. How sustainable is that? I don't know. I don't I, like this. This again is that would be because that's not irresponsible to do it that way. By the way, just as, as a quick side, it, like one of the things I criticized so often over the various regimes under Snyder was they always thought they were one player away. So let's do whatever the quick little fix is, and it was always you know uh, go get Joey Galloway at the end of his career and play him over three guys they just drafted in the receiver room. Stuff like that always used to drive me crazy. This could be a we got cap space, we got draft picks. We would have, obviously, a pretty damn competent quarterback. We could be on the fast track to being competitive in this division really quick and maybe build our program that way. That's not that crazy to me, by the way. There's so many different routes Washington could take here, and one of the lesser explored ideas would be a trade back, as we've debated, between the QBs at the top of the board. But they need so much. We have discussed that today more than any other day as they've cut their left tackle, their starting tight end, and one of their depth offensive linemen. Their punters now, uh, one of their – he's seventh, the seventh highest paid player on the team. (laughs) They really don't have a whole lot of money being shelled out this season. They lack talent. Would you be okay with loading up on picks to trade back? And in what trade back avenue would you be most content? going out and adding Cousins for a couple of years or another veteran, Baker Mayfield or something. Um, What about the possibility of trading back and still getting a quarterback in the top 10? McCarthy, maybe. Trading back and getting one late first or early second. You know, that would be a much bigger haul probably, but then you're talking about Penix or Knicks. Or do you say absolutely not? Ron Rivera had the choice in 2020. 
opted out of taking a high-end quarterback, did the roster-building exercise, and it was a disaster, as evidenced again by today's decisions to cut three of his players. 800-636-1067. Obviously, this front office, presumably, will do a much better job with their roster build than Rivera's group did. But we just did this in 2020 in the first draft of that regime where we sat here and talked about the value of a trade back. Should they take a quarterback? little different situation because they had Haskins on the roster. But Washington has Howell on the roster, who showed more than Haskins did. Only difference being one was drafted in the first round. Hal was drafted in the fifth round. But uh, let's see what you guys think about that next. 800-636-1067, the number on GND. With Danny, I'm Grant. You are listening to The Fan. We are asking you about a piece in The Athletic today suggesting that the commanders are going to want to listen to all offers for the number two pick, which, look, that goes without saying. You have something really valuable. You're going to allow teams to knock your socks off. The real question at day's end, are they going to be willing to trade out of the catbird seat at two here and take any quarterback in the country, probably not named Caleb Williams? I mean, if you stay there, you may well get Caleb Williams. You don't know. Probably not. You're probably deciding between May and Daniels. Whether or not you fall in love with one of those guys might make up your decision. It's possible, though, Danny, that if you are enamored with another guy who's not going to go at number two, but a little bit later on, whether that's McCarthy or Penix or Knicks or anybody else, uh, that maybe you feel like you could trade back. You could get the world. You could set yourself up with two first-rounders next year and the year after with three second-rounders this year and you know extra second-rounders maybe next year. You already, if you trade back, would have multiple third-rounders both next season and the year after. So it would just open things wide up for them, but you would be making it harder possibly to find your franchise quarterback if you feel like Daniels or May is the next really good QB in the league. I mean, and, that's, and therein lies the problem, right? The I don't know because I'm torn. I, I obviously trust this regime. I trust Adam Peters at, at more than I would trust, say, I don't know, uh, Ron Rivera uh, in, in in this role. And so obviously I want him to make you know best long term decision and and not just do things to satisfy my itch. Like he doesn't have thirty some years of baggage on the quarterback spot. You know what I mean? Like he's just trying to do the right thing to help the football team build. You and I are sitting here looking at our watch, going. Dude, we just did Taylor Heineke. Dude, we just did uh, Carson Wentz. We just did uh, Fitzpatrick and Kyle Allen for seven seconds. We did all this crap to get here, please. And if he's like, nah, it's not that prudent right now. I, I, like, I'm, I'm more inclined to, to be able to deal with it, but it's still going to be annoying. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm trying to separate that from analysis. My annoyance at not coming out of there with one of these three guys because they're right there sitting for you. But to me, this is all. this is about a couple fold. If, if you just treat it like pure economics, mathematics, whatever you want to call it. It is a crapshoot to a degree. You want to be higher. That's your still your best chance. But you could also, if you just, for the sake of argument, just to throw a number on it, if you think one guy's a 6.5, one guy's a 7.2, you could have a 6.5 plus a whole bunch of other starters to go with it. Then your team could be better sooner and more sustainable. Okay, maybe I, I could get on, on, on board with that, right? Yeah, like, what we I don't wouldn't hate know that is as much. What if you know, they have a quarterback – 
who, like, let's say Caleb Williams is head and shoulders above everyone else, but they know he's going to the Bears. And then they have McCarthy even with Daniels or May or whatever. But they think we could go back to five to seven and get McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Now you add an extra pick early. Maybe it's a tackle. Maybe, you know, you get an elite wide receiver weapon to help him or something else along the way, and they feel like, it was really close or it was even, but the sum of the parts, as you said, is greater with the move back. I'm against it. I don't want them to do it, but I do want to touch the people and see how you guys feel with Danny right now. So let's hit the phones. 800-636-1067. Let's go to Tony in Clinton, Maryland, on line three. What's up, Tony? What's up, guys? Happy Friday. How y'all doing, man? Good, buddy. How are you? Hey, look, so I, I don't understand why. Like, I, Kirk Cousins, the whole Kirk Cousins I did, that's not a guy you drop into a bad team. Like you don't you don't bring a veteran guy who's he's good, but he's not a guy at his stage in the career that you drop into a bad situation. You send him to Seattle or Cleveland or someplace like that where they have the roster already built and they just need a Kirk Cousins to top him off. You can't send him to a team with a number two pick in the draft. And as far as like the quarterback situation, trading back and taking a risk on a lesser tier guy if you have him that way, like the last 10 years have proven you do not go to a Super Bowl and win it outside of maybe Kyle Shanahan's genius without the elite quarterback. Like, look what, look what Patrick Mahomes did with his no weapons. His wide receivers was trash. His best receiver was a 34-year-old tight end, and the rest of them were C-grade at best and won't even be a number two or three at any other roster in the, in the league. But because they had the quarterback, the most important part, Look what they did. And so if you got a guy sitting at two that potentially could be that person, that's the most important thing to do. Like, solidify that and worry about the rest of the stuff down the road. Tony, you're preaching to the choir. I think it's a really good phone call. Adam Peters was in San Fran when they went to the Super Bowl with Garoppolo and Purdy. I am simply asking rhetorically, is it not possible that he – is of the belief that we can find a really good fit at quarterback and build this thing up like I did in San Fran, where I've got Ayuk and I've got uh, Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey and Trent Williams, and you know it works because I don't have to pay the quarterback a lot of money. I don't have to get the elite $250 million QB. Uh, again, I'm spitballing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just know where he came from and what they're doing. Now, yeah. I would point out, if I was talking to Adam Peters, that Kyle Shanahan's not walking through that door with you. And the reason the Garoppolo thing worked and the reason Purdy is working is because of Kyle and less to do mm-hmm. with those quarterbacks. I think his point makes a lot of sense on Cousins, too, where he says, like, don't drop him into a bad team. And, and I wouldn't – and I, I love that point and, and the, the design. And, again, I'm not necessarily advocating for this, but saying the design here would be you wouldn't be doing that. You wouldn't be doing it to say, okay, enjoy this rebuild, Kirk. You know, make, make chicken salad here out of it. You'd be using all the cap space. You'd be using all the draft picks exactly. to try to make that ready-made team. Now, it's a big gamble, and it may not make sense for everybody, but that would be the design anyway. Yeah, I think that if you're tr- if you're signing Kirk Cousins and giving him that two-year deal, then you're, you're spending a lot more aggressively in free agency. Mm-hmm. But also, this is not a bad offense, right? I think with a quarterback of his caliber, all of a sudden, and, and a coordinator upgrade, I'm not sure how much I'm going to fall in love with Kingsbury. I'm, I'm very much like I was last year at this time with Bienemy. You know, I'm I'm kind of waiting to see. But Bienemy was not particularly good this past season. I think we now know. So the idea being 
better coordinating situation and an upgraded offensive line, you've got McLaurin, you've got Dotson. They will add a wide receiver to that, so you'd be three deep there. You've you know you're going to upgrade at tight end. You're going to go get a weapon to replace Logan Thomas. Like you're going to move the ball and score points if you have a better offensive line with Kirk Cousins. They did it at times last year. They were scoring thirty every now and then with Sam Howe, who threw twenty plus picks, uh, and Eric Bieniemy calling the plays. It's not a bad group offensively at all, and that's before the team with the most cap space and 10 draft picks you know, gets to work adding talent. Let's go to Vince, who's in Akakik. What's up, Vince? How are you? What's up, guys? Hey, buddy. Um, so, honestly, I, I hear all y'all points about, you know, not necessarily want to trade back. But for me, um, the same way y'all say you wouldn't trade up to go get Caleb, um, I'm like, if, 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 you, if you're not willing to the risk at all to go get the guy. There's a possibility that he might not be that guy, like not Andrew Luck, whatever, whatever. I would much rather get a short thing, like, you know, a left tackle, something like that. Trading back for me feels very ideal um, to acquire more picks uh, because I'm not necessarily sold that we have to spend it on one of the, the, the so-called top three. I feel like there could be a, another quarterback somewhere in his draft. If this coaching staff that we put together is supposed to be as elite as it is, as long as we get a guy with good football traits, we should be able to coach anybody up to uh, to 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 do with that to 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 be an aspiring you know pro pro quarterback pro left tackle pro linebacker whatever whatever. So I don't think it's that easy though, Vince. Thanks for the Thank call. You, Vince. I mean, if if it was just as simple as get the guy with the traits and coach him up, there'd be more than twenty really good ones on planet Earth at any given moment. Right. I think it's, it takes a special person. This is such a crapshoot, right? Um, so I, I view it differently than that. I don't think if I got the traits, the arm strength, the accuracy, the size, my staff will get it out of you. It's so hard, man. Every single year we're looking around the league and we're going, that guy is starting or that, that team's still looking for a quarterback because there's not enough of them on the planet, Danny. Yeah, we did that bit. I can't remember which week it was where we're going – we, there, there was no great. It wasn't a great discussion. It was just you and I repeating the names of the starters. <laughs> you remember that? Where we're going? Look who's starting in the NFL this weekend. This guy and this guy. This name. Who is this? Like we. It was unbelievable. And that's kind of the point here. It, it, there is a perpetual shortage of excellence at the position. So my point is, you can never squander an opportunity when you don't have one to take one. For the people that want to go the veteran route or for the people that, you know, are like, yeah, find him in the fourth round or something like that and, you know, hope that uh, that lightning strikes. My point is, if you don't have one, you should be taking one. And then you find out that, that guy stinks, you take one again. You never stop taking one until you have one. And once you have one, you never let it go. Let's go to Jesse, who's in Bristow. Jesse, you've heard us discussing this piece in The Athletic about just how big of a haul the commanders could get in a trade back. Absolutely, and they need to do it. Um, interesting you guys are talking about Kirk Cousins because I kind of see a little bit of J.J. McCarthy in him. Um, kind of has that same that leadership um, and, you know, getting the drive, seeing it through, that type of thing. But I think, uh, yeah, you trade back, you can probably get him um, or somebody like him because I think Caleb's got question marks, and I don't think any of the other guys stand out in my opinion, honestly. I mean – um, and then you can build your whole team around. And also, I straight up would, I would lock up Sam for about three more years as a backup. 
I know that's crazy to talk about. It's not crazy at all. He's pretty cheap. I mean, and if you lock him up, you can trade him later if somebody else wants. Jesse, so, that that point, by the way, Grant and I were talking about that the other day. Appreciate the phone call, dude. I don't think Grant, that's not crazy at all. If you if you have somebody that you know at a minimum can play in this league, yeah. to have a have a backup that's you know not expensive, that would be smart to do. That's not crazy. Yeah, I think he's got to play one more year before they can extend him. But there's no harm, no foul, in my opinion, with locking him up. I would absolutely be fine doing that as your QB two moving forward. Um, look, if they feel like Jesse does where he says, I'm not a big Caleb Williams guy. I got some concerns. And I'm not enamored with May or Daniels. I don't love either of them. If they feel like that, then they're going to trade back. I would almost guarantee it. I just bet against them feeling like that. My guess is the more you're around Drake May and Jaden Daniels, one of those two guys knocks your socks off. You get around the room together. Quinn and Peters and Pritchard and whoever else is important in the process, Lance Newmark, and they come to a consensus that one of those guys is worth it. But if they're sitting there and, and that's the dialogue, ah, Drake May, I just don't see it. You know, Jaden Daniels, I don't like this. I, 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 he did this too much for me. And and all of a sudden they're going, we're really making a uh, putting our, our necks on the line here, making a ballsy call mm-hmm. for a quarterback we don't love. Then, yeah, they'll trade back. Is is that a realistic outcome? It's it's hard for me to see. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on Grant and Danny. James Wood got into yet another spring training game today and did something awesome. We'll talk about it on the fan. G&D on the fan. One last 45-minute sprint this week before we get on the plane over the weekend to go down to West Palm Beach for Nats Spring Training Baseball. We'll have coverage Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from Florida for you right here on Grant and Danny. Fear not with Commander's News. Breaking, we will cover it as fast and as thoroughly as anybody As we did today, if you're just jumping in your car, Charles Leno informed of his release. The Commanders incurring an $8.2 million dead cap hit, but they are saving $7 million against the cap with the decision on Charles Leno as well. Uh, He played 47 of 51 games as the starting left tackle the last three seasons. Washington also informing Logan Thomas today. He's being released. He turns 33 before the start of the year. Missed 15 games via injury the last three years. The move frees up $6.5 million in cap space. Washington, just a $1.7 million dead cap penalty to pay. And then they cut Nick Gates. Now, this one had a lot less to do with freeing up cap space, Danny. This was just a, Your we don't need you. are not required. <laughs> 333000 in cap savings doesn't yeah. quite move the needle. Uh-huh. Uh, they actually paid a $5.7 million dead cap penalty to get out of the final two years of a three-year deal of Gates who the Rivera Marty Party brought in last year. I wonder by the way as they're sitting around the table discussing this like when like it's Mayhew's turn to talk if they're like and Martin we we're, we're we're all in agreement right Nick Gates we'll get rid of him. Oh definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the worst. I, I didn't think we should have signed that one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is anyone have an opinion on that guy? Marty you go first. Martin you go second. Yeah, I don't think so. God, that's awkward. That's, again, that's my point. I don't know. I, I, I will I will stop badgering that one. It's it's over. It's like they're not going anywhere. 
but golly, that's a nice little reminder, right? Were you acquired by this uh, previous regime? Hey, look. Look at the guy that's still here. He made that decision. Anybody? Anyone else care about that? Nope. All right, fine. James Wood off the bench today did not start, but he's got to be the only guy in spring training right now who's played in all of his team's games, right? He's played in all seven games, most of them as a starter. But off the bench today, two plate appearances, drew a walk and got a hit. So now 19 plate appearances for him. Been on base 12 times, five singles, three homers, and four walks. He has only struck out twice. If you look at his numbers, he's hitting 530. His on-base percentage, you know, 12 divided by 19, some quick math tells me, is sitting at about 630. Mm-hmm. Whale of a spring for the top Nats slugging prospect. Him and Dylan Cruz, kind of interchangeably depending on where you look, of battling going into the year as their number one prospect. But the James Wood production continues to be very loud in West Palm. Yeah, the James Wood show is what it's been uh, to this point. He he is whatever you like to see in a baseball game is pretty much done, right? Tracking balls in the outfield, hitting them over the fence, uh, running to first base as fast as anybody in the sport. The the showcase of the talent has been, you know, show up. You you know, if you don't know anything, you go, who's that? You would figure it out really quick that that guy's a future star. Are you with me that it's way too early? to start suggesting that he could break camp with the team? Because you're starting to hear those rumblings just from fans, like asking the question and and wanting it to happen. But he did not play a whole lot of ball at the AAA level last year where he was thriving and, and putting the ball in play and making contact. They do have the incentive now to keep him in the show start of the season because if he were to win Rookie of the Year and he was on the roster from opening day on, they would be gifted a first-round pick from Major League Baseball. But I just think it's been you know, roughly a week. It's a great start. It's a small sample. It's a fun story. But it's, it's too early to start having that conversation. If he does this for the majority of the month, let's talk about it. But right now, I think uh, that's cart before the horse banter. Yeah, he, he's so far won the Michael A. Taylor Spring Training Award. To the you know to at, at this stage right that's not the Victor Robles spring training award now no well it, it, Robles is always eligible it may, maybe it, maybe he gets it where he worked with somebody over the winter and he hired a personal chef or something like that I'm sure we'll read that story uh, he did yoga no but it, it's an awesome start it's a great story it's fun to dream to me it doesn't make much practical sense for this team now if this was a first division club and they you know had a chance to win 90 games I'd go you know what bleep it bring him up and let's go right but. I understand the the benefit, the reward potentially of of, of getting that um, of getting that draft pick compensation if he finishes up at the up at the top. But it's I mean, there's so many things that can happen before then. Putting together a 162 game campaign where he wins that award, you know, God forbid he he, he twists a knee or you know has has a sore hamstring or goes into a slump for an extended period of time and he doesn't get that. Now what have you done? You wasted a year of service time for a, a team that's going to win 65, 70 games. Doesn't excite me as much. It's not as practical. Even though I think a lot of fans are going, if I'm paying, I'd like to see him. I get that. I get I get all the sides. Next on GND, some other NFL headlines outside of Washington with everybody in the quarterback class talking at the podium in Indianapolis. We can get into that. Plus, it's Grant and Danny's Tony's mailbag. You guys know the drill. You can steer the show. Open lines. Ask us whatever you'd like in AMA on GND. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.